We recorded this to coincide with President's Day, but unfortunately, Ivan Raymond passed on Super Bowl Sunday, so we're releasing it a little early. The 1993 movie, Dave. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to Black Eyes on White Movies. I am your host, Aaron Covington. I'm the co-host, Amana Doomer. I am the white expert, Brandon Gardner. And this week, we're set to talk about the movie Dave from 1994, 1993, directed by Ivan Reitman and starring Kevin Klein, where uh, Kevin Klein is a presidential impersonator who becomes a president, basically. <laughs> the quick mm-hmm. line, the shoreline premise to this movie, presidential impersonator is asked to step in for the president. Regular guy looks exactly like the president. Mm-hmm. suddenly thrusts into the Oval Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What could he possibly get up to? <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, we'll talk about all of it, but to think about presidential movies and really how much the media makes presidential movies more interesting mm. because in like the modern era or any era with automatic weapons, it's a, the presidency is a less interesting movie. I'm sure you could find pieces of guys' lives and it'd be interesting stories, but just in a general sense where the office is being treated mm-hmm. as part of the movie, mm-hmm. it's like you need the media to add some some interest to the story. Otherwise, this guy's behind closed doors just making decisions. Where in older war movies, it's like the leader or who would be the president is also going into battle, you know? Uh-huh. Right. And now I think in 2022, president movies, maybe just in the post-Trump era or even during his era, they become... You know, it's almost like if that was a separate genre, it feels like it jumped a shark because real life was so beyond what you would think could even play in a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. That was jumping into it a little bit. That was one thing that I thought of immediately as I watched even the very beginning of it was, oh, this movie was made when people had this respect for the office of the presidency. Yeah. It just doesn't exist anymore. Like right away, the music that they're playing and the images, they're setting up this idea of the presidency as this lofty, respected thing so that it feels remarkable when a regular guy's there. Right. But that's like all gone. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, that's, that's such a dated um, sense of, of being president or who the president is. It's like a very 1993 view of it. Yeah. 100%. I hope we get to do more president show movies like my fellow americans mm-hmm. or what's like wag the dog i think is one so he's like really really premised 80s 90s movies that show that kind of like you said admiration for the office itself yeah it's it's also one of those movies that uh you could watch or show anybody children i'm thinking specifically and they can come out assuming the president has a lot more power than they actually do. It yeah. doesn't really teach you about how the system works, you know? It's like, yeah. hey. And, and, and then the other thing, and it's one of the reasons why it would be so hard to make something like that now, but, but it was clear that they were thinking about it even then, is they never even say for sure what party he's in. Like they sort of right. think maybe he's a Republican or that he's conservative, but they never really say. So it's, they're very strategically giving us this movie where you could be a Democrat or Republican and not feel alienated as you watch it. Uh, and where, for sure. Right. Um, 
it seems like there's a lot more room for sort of cross-party uh, cooperation that also is not something people even consider anymore. Yeah. So true. It's, it's like back then the parties were different, but still ideologically in line in some way. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, the differences were just maybe just as big, but they were presented smaller, right? Right, right. There was no like, oh, the other side is demonized in this movie, you know, yeah. or back then. And they do have to make his agenda also just something that anyone can get behind, which is like more jobs. Yeah. More jobs. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. And that's another thing that I really think is like a funny um, part of the, the script is that not only is he a presidential impersonator, he runs a temp agency. A temp agency, yeah. He does both. <laughs> he's uniquely like, positioned. Course, yeah, yeah, of course he'd be great at this. But it's funny because then it is like, well, he brought his agenda to the White House. Maybe he should have been more focused on green energy instead of jobs. But obviously he came, you know, with his own agenda. What a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And also the only, the, of course, the homeless shelter that they visit is like one specifically for kids. Yeah. Because like they can't expect the audience to be sympathetic to just adults who are homeless. (laughs) It's gotta be little (laughs) homeless black kids. For some reason. Yeah. They're, their parents are in different shelters. Uh, so yeah, we we jumped right into it for sure because this was really mm-hmm. interesting to look at an old movie. But let's back up just a little bit. How was your How was your week? You guys okay? Can you see you seen any uh, good white programs on TV? Hmm. That's a good question. I definitely like to uh, zone out and watch reality TV. So, but it's not necessarily white programming. Anything on Netflix, 20-somethings. Well, Austin, like, what have, what have you been watching specifically that, that stuck out? This could be uh, interesting. So I love these. Uh, I love Terrace House, if you all have seen that. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, Terrace House! <laughs> <laughs> Rock on, dude! I like to get caffeinated and watch that Fill, movie. Fill me in. Okay. It's uh, the, the response that Aaron and I are giving doesn't match the vibe of the show. That was my guess. It's, yeah. yeah it's it's such a it does match the fandom but not the vibe exactly it's a slow paced um almost slice of life reality show real world style thing where they just set up um six japanese people or people who speak japanese and they yeah, set okay. them up with a house and a couple cars and then you just watch their day-to-day I think one of the, I mean, there's a lot of differences and we won't go into everything about Terrace House right now, but one of the differences in this show is that the people are living their lives. Their life doesn't revolve around the reality show. Okay. But when they come home- Early real world. More like that, yeah. 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 But their jobs or whatever their real jobs are, they don't get a job for the show. They don't work together. Mm -hmm. Most of them are like models or Mm -hmm. something in entertainment, but other people are like fashion people and- one season, a guy was a basketball player, a girl who, uh, one girl was a wrestler. You know, that's, she's part of the reason why the show isn't, yeah. probably won't come back. Not that it was her fault, but some, some tragic stuff happened there. Um, so people have different jobs, but then within the show, they're encouraged to date each other in the house. And that's where the fun comes in. Yeah. And then how they like express themselves. Cause it's not, it's kind of just more like real life, like dating would be like, hang out with somebody a couple of times you're like I think I kind of like you and they're like well I think I kind of like you I gotta think about it you know yeah it's not yeah. as sensational are there a lot of cultural differences as you're watching 
yeah how they behave with each other for sure for sure that's that's part of the appeal at least to me is that the yeah it feels so um feels so uh there's there's just a big deal about manners and like yeah. being polite and yeah. like respectful right yeah respectful and everything's kind of like slower paced yeah wouldn't you say if you um it's hard to fully explain it you just got to watch it like watch a couple episodes and you'll be like wait mm-hmm. these kids are like just talking about their feelings and not in like a sentimental way it's it's interesting i will make a plug i don't know if i'd call, can you say it, it's a plug if it's not something you're attached to it's just something you like <laughs> i will say speaking of japanese content uh have you heard of the movie drive my car mm-hmm. it, yeah maybe one it can i saw that recently and that is a very good movie Two up. okay yeah i heard it was great i would i want to check it out so oh that's exciting I either have to get to the really, theater quick really or cool buy it. Script. I'd like to read the script. Acting is really good. Yeah. Really well directed, yeah. Uh, I had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure this weekend of watching Royal Rumble, which is a big WWE wrestling event. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. With uh, my good friend Tim Chang and uh, Phil Jackson. And, you know, I haven't watched wrestling for a very, very long time, but it was so interesting to see and watch it and think about how it's all put together. I had just finished the show Heels on Stars, which was really good too. Mm-hmm. So I think that had me in the mindset of like, who, what's the thought process behind these mm-hmm. and how do they organize the matches and the theatrics of it and the drama of it. And I was like, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the spectacle of it. And it's really like, if you're a theater kid or a person that likes soap operas, you also like wrestling. And mm-hmm. if you like wrestling, you also like theater and you also like soap operas. <laughs> like, let's stop kidding yourself. <laughs> these things are all the same. So mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm not going to be watching wrestling regularly, but I might tune into WrestleMania, you know, or just like the big events here and there, because there's a spectacle to it that is really interesting. And and, and it's all about the storytelling. Yeah. And it's really just a different form of storytelling. So yeah. it's, that's my it's, plug for uh, big wrestling events. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm down to start watching again. I feel like as a kid, just staying in front of a screen, just crying my eyes out, thinking that one of the wrestlers died. I, I have memories of that. And then them coming back somehow and just being like, what? How did they get this on TV? And just having those feelings. Just but there has been blown. wrestlers who have actually died, right? Mm, yeah. Hasn't there yeah. been like a few like tragic accidents? Yeah. 100% there has. Oh, I'm sure. So, hey, it's so a imagine if it had been real. Right. Permanently traumatized. Oh, yeah. That'd be hard to... Maybe that's why I haven't watched it again. <laughs> I think some people are. I think a couple of those wrestling uh, accidents, or I don't know what to call them really, but I think they happened at like live events too. So bloopers. <laughs> that's the proper term for Definitely. wrestling death. <laughs> wrestling blooper. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, it was dark. Harsh. Cut it harsh. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look real quick at movies in the theater. Is this a white movie or a black movie? Last week What's- I didn't know any of the movies so i'm hoping i know one or two of them you're not gonna know them this week either i don't know what's going on with these theaters man January, except for the February. ones we've already done yeah it's the time of year you're right mm-hmm. this is the oscar dump mm-hmm. they're waiting for the oscars so it is just like whatever it's not summertime so it's no popcorn movies yet new worlds the cradle of civilization nope never heard of it i haven't either Filmed One Summer Night in Greece, captures Bill Murray and friends on a final performance of their European tour. So it's a documentary. Bill Murray. White movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bill Murray and friends, and uh, I, I haven't heard of this tour or anything. What are they doing? He's what? He's just talking. Yeah, that's what he's I'm not like a stand up. No, and I didn't. I don't think he made. I didn't think he made music. So I wonder. The King's Daughter. Oh, did we do this one? The King's Daughter. You mentioned that last week because okay. Yeah, period piece. There's an animated movie called Bell. That is a that is anime. Ooh. Japanese movie. And I think okay. in the Beauty and the Beast sort of that legend is, sort of. Ah, okay. Oh, but it's like modern day the Beast to discover. Oh, wow, man, Bell must must see if you're yeah. a fan of anime. Uh, and then the other movies. So we might have to expand this to doing like Netflix releases or something. Cause the rest of them are just like the three, five, five, which we talked about mm-hmm. the King's man, Spider-Man licorice pizza, which we might do mm-hmm. oh, nightmare yeah. alley. And these are all big, big I, movies. I just saw parallel mothers, which is the new Amodovar movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Just came out. I think in the US. that's a Spanish movie. Mm-hmm. Return of really Penelope like Cruz. Him. This one, not my favorite. Penelope Cruz is in it. She's always really good. But uh, the, this is, it felt like a very well done sort of melodrama. Mm. Or like almost like telenovela sort of. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess Vol- Volvera was kind of a well done melodrama, right? A little bit, yeah. That one bit. I like a lot better. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was great. Back His movie time. from two years ago, Pain and Glory with Antonio Banderas is... is I, Two thumbs up for that one. That one's really good. Mm, Ooh, I missed okay. that one. Yeah, I missed that too. I missed, I pretty much missed every, I have. I don't think I've ever seen a Almodovar movie. Oh uh, man, come on. They're all over come the on. place. Come on. You, you get with it. Out. Yeah, come on, bro. <laughs> I know, I know. Step it up. Hey. Get your foreign movies up. Yeah, Would yeah. Would you consider an Almodovar movie a white movie? Has he done American movies? I feel like if he did American movies, then it's so. Yeah, what does it movie. what does it count if it's a European movie? That's a good question. If it's, probably... if it's British, it's a white movie. If it's but if it's in a foreign language, it's if it's Spain, yeah. yeah. If it's in Spanish and from Spain, it's a Spanish movie, I think. Yeah, I think. But it fair. is interesting. Like, what's an Austrian movie? I've seen some good Austrian movies and like Swedish movies. I guess I would call them that Austrian, Austrian and Swedish movies. You yeah. wouldn't consider them white movies, even though when you think Swedish, you think like white, <laughs> or I do. You definitely see white people, but when they start, if it's subtitled, mm-hmm. then I don't see them as the same kind of white. But not sense. that I see them as allies like that. <laughs> right. It's just they're from a different country. So I kind of just take that into account. And, and, and it's not like those movies are um, overwhelming in their number here. No. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's like, well, we were going to put out this uh, this new Denzel, but we found these great, you know, Norwegian movies instead. It's just like, mm-hmm. I think do the you, infrequency of them makes them not white. Do you white. think, though, when those movies come over here, they're marketed more to white audiences? Yes. I don't know. I'd have it yet. I, th- I think so. I think so. I think those movies are often marketed to, like, just... You know, we, we've got to split up the white crowd into like a very specific cinephile, like international right. film loving audience. So and I think, we talked about, yeah, with, with yeah. Tyler the Dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the producers would say, well, this is, you know, for anybody, you know, they would put it into the American audience and it's for anybody that loves cinema and loves to see a foreign film and mm-hmm. wants mm-hmm. to engage in that part of art. But I think that's a good sentiment. And I think the reality is they see that kind of person as being white. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's I I saw the uh, the movie that just won the con like big prize at con. The I think it's called Titan Titane Titan. Oh right, it's the team, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that film? I haven't seen it. <laughs> I saw, you it. saw it. How I did. did you see it? They, they were, yeah, they were just showing it randomly at a. Just on the at a, uh, AMC, so I went to go see it. Who did I rob? Come on, you made this story up, man. <laughs> they weren't showing a cans winner randomly at AMC. AMC, we live in Los Angeles. I know. Tell me it was at the. I went in to see the Matrix, or something. And they, yeah. No, no, no. It was at Burbank, was AMC. <laughs> so, I was uh, like, this ain't Marvel. And they were like, just sit and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got upset. I was like, man, you're lucky my BJ's re- reservation isn't until later. Otherwise, at I would sit this. AMC so, at Universal Cinemas. You saw it at the Thing Park. That wasn't Titanic. It was. <laughs> that was it Titanic. Was. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was the one. It was. It was definitely on that big boat that was sinking. That's. Yeah. Uh, it was the French one. But uh, like, oh no! But yeah, no. Tell us about Titanic. We'll, <laughs> we'll buy your story to hear hear how it ends. It was so. It was such a. It took so many hard left turns that, and it was so graphic. And I'm not going to say like what it was, but it was like gruesome and graphic that I was there by myself, but I kept like turning my head and looking around, trying to make eye contact with anyone else in the theater to be like, are you seeing this shit? And everybody else was that type of crowd of like cinema lover or whatever. So they kept looking and just like going, oh, wow. And doing all this sort of thing. Yeah. And like, why is this guy looking over at me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like, and that would have been a movie where I wish I could have like had a black friend there to be like, what are we watching right now? Because everyone yeah. else watched it and was like, oh, it won the can. So this gruesome image has they're already, been, yeah. They're already buying in right. to the Prime to whatever. To enjoy it. Right. Yes. Right, right. Yes. So and nobody think, wants to betray and just be like, yo, this is crazy. This is insane. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to be like, let's all walk out at the same time because this is this is rough. But I stayed. Yeah. I stayed. Interesting. That's not where I thought you were going to go with it. Oh, yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what you think when you watch it. It's there. <laughs> this is like beside the point, but they gave us a bunch of like uh, surveys to fill out at the end because I think the distributor. Yeah. Oh, so you saw like a, yeah, like a, it was random because they were trying to get, yep. they were trying to decide if they could release it to the American market. And you were like, there are black cinephiles. <laughs> and they were like, they looked at your oh, car no. and they're like, nope, it's not going to work here. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. I said, no, don't you dare. But uh, yeah. uh, on the card, it was, there was just, you know, get a $30 gift card if you fill out this thing. We we're trying to figure out how to market it. Right. And I left there. And because I didn't have anyone to talk to, I stayed for like, 10 minutes talking to the person collecting cards about what the hell I just saw. And they kept going. It was me and a bunch of high school kids that worked there that were like, is that, what was that? What was that? And then the lady just kept going, I don't know. Maybe you just got to interpret it yourself. <laughs> and so I realized, okay, this movie's not, <laughs> I, I, it's stupid, but I went, they did misspell uh, something in the subtitles. And she goes, what, what was it? And I was like, they misspelled hose because uh, someone says whatever, something about hose. And she was like, how did they spell it? And I said, they spelled H-O-S. And she goes, no, that's the correct vernacular. 
That's how it's spelled. But we appreciate your concern. And for <laughs> what word? Like like a garden hose? No, no, like a like a prostitute. Prostitute. Yeah. Oh. I didn't know it was spelled that way. And then I said dumbly, I went, I guess I've never seen it like I've never read it. And she goes, Oh, so you've only said it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, forget it. This is a so you've only said it. Here. Who'd you say it to? Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, I do think that hose. Is H O E S. That's what. I, but that's what I would have. I've seen it that way. If you're foreign, where would you see the word hose in America? Christmas. And when you look at a Santa thing, or they mention Santa and ho ho hose, mm. they'd go H O S. Interesting theory. I like this theory. I think that's right. Whenever I see like a, a card or something, and it's talking about Santa's ho ho hose or the way he says it or something is H-O-S. Hmm. Yes, that's what I'm familiar with too, for Santa. Yeah. So, see, this is what should have been like, this isn't you. fucking Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Where I'm mm-hmm. from, when we talking about hoes, we spell it with an E. <laughs> <laughs> Just go off on it. <laughs> Sir, you have to leave. Sir, you have you to You don't leave. even like movies. Yeah, your pass is, you won't get a refund, but your pass stop. is no longer working. Please stop hanging out with these high school students. <laughs> <laughs> like make yeah. sure no blacks see this movie they're gonna have a problem with how we spell hoes yeah. they think it's their word and then we get into a whole different thing <laughs> cultural appropriation uh-huh. uh so dave yeah i think okay. it went well last week when we kind of jumped into the movie and then filled out like the cast and stuff later yeah i think mm-hmm. so. yeah so i think we'll 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 keep in that We'll keep going in that way. Uh, where do we start, Dave? 1993, uh, directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Gary Ross, and just an incredible cast for the time of people who, many, still working today. A lot of both Oscar winners and Oscar nominees. Yeah. yeah. Definitely some interesting trivia about this movie at the time. So much so, I don't really know where to start. Uh, I... I, I I'll tell you this from the IMDb that that was interesting. So the movie was approved, but Walt Disney Productions refused to release it while a conservative such as Ronald Reagan or George H.W. Bush held the presidency. So this movie was ready to go in like 88, 89. And they were like, we're not, I don't want to put this out with Reagan or with Bush. So they waited Which and it's released 1993, what? the year after the first Bush. What do you the think their thinking is there? That this, that the sort of asshole guy he's replacing will be seen as sort of an H.W. Bush or a uh, Reagan? I think that they just didn't want it to be associated. I don't think they wanted to bring prestige to a Republican presidency. That's interesting. I, I, oh, that's yeah. not the kind of thing I would think Disney would care about. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's got to be was a, a different financial. time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, if you, if we think about like, I guess the, politics in the movie he kind of cares about poor people and people in a very like middle of the like totally safe kids and everybody's have a job and yeah yeah yeah. but it seems like scandalous yeah it seems like anti you know trickle down kind of philosophy so i could maybe see maybe that having to do with it it there was also some director and cast you know attachments and then unattaching like they wanted uh, Richard Donner, who did the original Superman. Oh, wow. 
but uh, he dropped it in like 90. So they were kind of waiting, it says, for one of the producers to be released from her contract and for Ivan Reitman to become available. And he was obviously very busy at that time. He had done Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten Cop, Junior, just a string of really wholesome 90s, 80s, like family comedy movies. Yeah, either as a producer, because he, he was also a producer a lot, so producer or a director. But he directed and Ghostbusters, he directed Junior, the one movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is pregnant. Right. Right. Big, big this, premise. This is movie. a delight. Big, big premise. Big premise was a big part of the 80s and 90s. Big premises. Uh, and Gary Ross, who's the writer, he wrote Big. That was his breakthrough movie script, the Tom Hanks Big. Yeah. Oh, and wow. then he also wrote Pleasantville and, and a bunch of other recognizable movies. Yeah. Most recently, or maybe one of his most recent movies, he did Ocean's 8. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, he wrote that, so, Ladies Ocean's. Yeah. yeah, he wrote and directed that, so he's still around. Or maybe he just directed, maybe somebody else wrote it. But yeah, he's still around. Good for him. Yeah, you write know, and direct, so good for him. Yeah, definitely. One of my favorite uh, fun facts, apparently Bill Clinton and uh, Barack Obama both loved this movie, at least they say to. They, and apparently Obama told Kevin Klein that when he's depressed, he likes to watch this movie because it makes the job of the presidency seem fun and easy, oh. which it definitely does. It definitely yeah. makes the job look easy. <laughs> for sure it does. That's it's really all just cool. like playing around with dogs and babies and mm-hmm. visiting factories. But he did have to sit and go through that bill line by line with the committee. <laughs> oh man! I, I think that part was paid for fun. And he was just like, so what do you think? Well, there's $40 million there. But mm-hmm. that would have taken like a week in oh. session to get through every page of any bill. It's even budget. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the federal budget. And it's like, well, what to what degree can he even do that it's also the the overall the movie is like an interesting combination of both cynical sort of about washington dc and how it runs but also super naive about how things could work like just the idea of it's like it has that um aaron sorkin hopefulness of politics you know yeah yeah and like a somewhat dangerous i think like thinking about trump later idea that's very popular in, in America and has been, I think, for a while, this idea of just a regular guy off the street could do a better job. Someone outside of DC. Yeah. That's the answer. That's the yeah. answer. Yeah. You they need don't that, need like, any experience. Totally. You need that. But even he needed it. like his temp job experience running that. And yeah, he and also needed comparable and his friend he the also needed the accountant friend to actually do the accountant work. Right. And lines like that where he's going through the federal budget and he's like, if I ran my business like this, I'd be out of business. I'm sure it's so satisfying to people, but it's like, oh, it's not comparable. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does oversimplify. But, you know, so that does something I thought about watching the movie is what, well, I would ask what genre is this movie? Hmm. I'd call it a comedy and then try to get more specific. To me, it's a comedy. Yeah, uh-huh. sort of a fish out of water sort of comedy that yeah. becomes almost a romantic comedy. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree with Brendan. It's like a fish out of water comedy. So over here, we have been talking about 80s and 90s movies and how they were allowed to be zany in a way that doesn't really fly in movies today. And maybe it did before. Mm-hmm. It was maybe more slapsticky, but I think the technology and like the imagination of the general public was like, this thing can be just kind of wild. We'll make the regular guy the president. We'll go back to the future. We'll, you know, all kinds of just big premises that were really strange in that time. 
And what I think these kind of wholesome family movies are, this is definitely in the comedy realm, but the movie is really played more of a drama because there's not like a lot of jokes in it, but, but it's, it's also a fun. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> these are mm-hmm. fantasy dramedies, I would say. Oh yeah, fantasy for sure. Ooh, I like fantasy. And yeah. family also. You could definitely yeah, yeah. watch this with kids and they'd enjoy it. And it's hard to use the word fantasy because then it's like, oh, dragons and it's got to be magic and stuff. But I think there's just another category of fantasy that's just this big premise movie of like things that could never happen. Mm-hmm. But I think people like to entertain this kind of idea. Just like Brandon was saying earlier, like, well, anybody could be president. And I do think that that is a big part of democracy is having a position like that that mm-hmm, people right. feel like oh, I, I could do or that the illusion you know? of that the illusion of that yeah 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 it's the it's the idea that like a good person can come into a powerful position like that and bring good as With, yeah as opposed to you know how things have changed in the past what 10 15 years when it comes to movies tv shows about Washington mm-hmm. where it's like oh yeah this is a system that is so hard once you're in the system it can break you so right. yeah it, it's very nice it's light like Brandon was saying it's like a nice little you throw some music on it let's look through a budget we can have a good time really fun montages uh-huh. the training yeah. montage is really funny <laughs> yeah it's hard to tell how much time is going by but all they do yeah how is- long was he the president and a they year? explain a like month? from the most basic things of like this is the three branches of, of government, right? Where right. he needs that. And then right. it seems like the next right. day in a to... cabinet meeting. And it's like let's explain luck. this for the let's explain this for the listening. <laughs> when he has to agree to become president, there's a montage with where they explain government to him. Like third like grade a seventh level grader. government. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure. like these are the three branches. There's a Board with a chart, and it's like these are the three branches. This is checks and balances, like that elementary school class that everybody had, or like a schoolhouse rock video. Truly, <laughs> truly. And, a, and then that's all you need to run the office is just to know that there are two other branches and this many senators, <laughs> and they get reelected. And the house yeah. they teach him government. This is a grown man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who we um, are told is smart and can solve problems. Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes, well, one of my favorite moments was when he was talking about uh, what well, he's trying to find the money in the budget to be able to continue paying for the whatever the act or bill was for the homeless uh, mm-hmm. kids to get jobs. Uh, one of my favorite things was him going, like, well, you know, you throw this much money in like a savings account and you can, you could, you can make this much on interest. And the people, isn't that right? And the guy's like, he's not wrong. wrong. And these are supposed to be experts listening to this guy go like, you throw this in a a chase bank account, uh, throw billions in there. You can get this much in interest. And they're just like, the the thought that I immediately had was like, should we be having, because I love the show Billions, I was like, should Bobby Axelrod run the United States budget? Should we just get hedge fund managers to run the money of America? I mean, they're going to get great returns. That's what these guys do. They're sharks, you know? <laughs> they make money, and that's what's important. And, yeah, and then I was immediately like, no, that's insane. That is not, <laughs> it's not what it should be, at least. I also like, 
in their oversimplification of things, the money he's taking it from, it's not like a, a tricky one where you're like, should we be taking from it? It's like some sort of program about making drivers feel good about purchasing American cars. Yeah. It's something that like no one would care. Yeah. Like it's not, he's not cutting from the military budget. He's not cutting yeah. from all these other things that people would be like, hey, I have a yeah. problem with that. Yeah. It's the stupidest things you could possibly imagine. It's yeah. so you're right. He hasn't, he didn't talk us, he's not raising taxes. He's not right. cutting taxes. They don't even get into tax. They're like, whoa, too political. Yeah. People could get upset. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think that that's a very like, it was a period of time, I think, when the white movie makers make these fantasy movies and they could avoid these subjects. And that I think appealed to middle, the, general audience of America, but it is something that makes, that adds to minorities feeling like excluded. Yeah, well, that was my you big know? question when I was watching to, to, to talk about here was that sort of naive approach to the presidency and even the general respect and like goodness of it. Right. Mm -hmm. That feels very much focused on this like white middle America. And I was sort of curious, like, yeah, what, what, it made me think of uh, the sketch after Trump was elected. Do you remember when Chris Rock hosted SNL after Trump was elected? And they did this mm. sketch where it was like a viewing party where people are watching the returns. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the white yeah. people are like shocked. And yeah. like Chris Rock and uh, another like black guest at the party is like, nope. Yeah. Not I feel the like they popped Dave Chappelle in there, maybe. Definitely yeah, Chappelle. maybe Dave Chappelle. Yeah. yeah. They were like, try to tell you. And Keenan was there and they were like, no surprise here <laughs> right so which and so I was, as i was watching this it made me think of it this idea of this sort of naivete about how the system works yeah yeah mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. in for white people so like yeah because you know black people have a much more complicated relationship with the presidency even yeah, if there is a yeah even if they have the respect for it it's like and even if he has these homeless kids like have a shelter it's like well, what are the still what is his life going to be like this is a mm -hmm. temporary but what's going to happen when that kid's 13 and he's still growing up mm -hmm. in a shelter he's still going to be targeted you know mm -hmm. yeah honestly if he gets adopted and grows up with a family he'll still be targeted. <laughs> but i will say this about this movie and movies of this era that is in their favor even if they don't cover everything because a lot of movies try to cover everything and it kind of gets messy but there's a singularity of storytelling here that I think is great and makes this movie really enjoyable. And I mean, you may, maybe you feel like, uh, I think different people watching it may feel like they have to forgive too much to enjoy that, but there's a sweetness and a singularity of storytelling that's real great. And when I say singularity of storytelling, what I mean is everything in this movie happens around and through the main character. Like we don't spend time with the homeless mm -hmm. kids when he's not there. We're not with the president's wife, played by Sigourney Reaver, which we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. We don't spend time with her outside of him. We don't spend time with um, the chief of staffs or any of these other people. All their Just moves. Just enough to sort of know that they're right. something. Right. Yeah. Everything is through him, but you don't feel like these are static characters. Yeah. You feel like they have their own worlds going on and things, and he's a part of it, but he's not, it's not... It's not like narcissistic, but it is singular, which gives the movie a clarity and a straight, a straight line to follow. That's easy for an audience to follow. It's mm -hmm. almost like a, a nursery rhyme or like a children's story. Mm -hmm. I think it's the best way to compare it to something now, mm -hmm. where it's just like, 
Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. They came tumbling down. It's like, nobody's like, whose hill is that? What are the land rights, you know? Right, yeah. And not that those stories shouldn't be explored, but every story can't do everything. It's more that, to go on, to finish my rant here, when we see these movies now where they like try to cover everybody's story, mm-hmm. what I think, what I really want as a viewer is actually for those other characters to have representative movies, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's a movie with like, let's say it's a rom-com and it's two white leads and they have like minority friends. Mm-hmm. It's not that I want those minority friends to have their own movies, but I want a movie with those same archetypes that's their own movie. That way, this movie doesn't have to cover all these other things. Mm-hmm. But we don't have enough movies in the theaters starring minorities that a movie with a yeah. white lead that has a minority now has to cover a lot more ground. And these sometimes make the movies like harder to follow or a little bit messier. Yeah, so for example, yeah. with like Ving Rhames, it's not like we get backstory about this is why I joined the Secret Service. This right. Is I'm trying to do my mom's right. sick or something. Mm-hmm. You just get that he's a Secret Service agent and that he's yeah. serious about his job and that he grows to respect Dave and what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And if at the same time this was released, there was a movie starring Wesley Snipes, who was a Secret Service agent doing mm-hmm. something, then that would be, that would represent this character in a way. You know what I mean? And I'm sure like, yeah. This might have been the same year Passenger 57 came out. But, you know, it, it would have to be like in the theater at the same time. Like mm-hmm. representation is like mm-hmm. when we go over the movie list, every movie is not just a white led movie. You know what I mean? Right, right. And in, in so doing, it like keeps the story so simple. And therefore, we can ignore the kind of uh, factual inaccuracies that happen. Like, oh, yeah, there's no way that guy could go through a bill like that. There's no way this yeah. could happen. Yeah. There's no way this. But it's like, oh, let's just keep this simple. This is his story of him being the president for a few days yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, it all... require like a suspension of disbelief. But it if does, you do it, yeah. we'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Because dog's going crazy because <laughs> all, all any criticisms i think of this movie about what it doesn't cover what it doesn't show it's 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 valid but i do think that the movie still has a lot to enjoy and i even think that now watching it now or anytime in the future it's like you're gonna go back in the past and take a trip and watch a simple movie and it's not going to be wholly representative it's not going to be wholly like satisfying for everything about the time but mm-hmm. the advice i would have is then watch more movies from that era maybe fill out you know if you're like studying 1993 yeah you know when you one movie is not going to cover all of 1993 but this will show you something about mm-hmm. where the country was at least from a white point of view <laughs> you know there's a lot of yeah. talking around it but i think it does bring up a lot of a lot of thoughts. Yeah, in in um, I this is not a fully formed theory, and I know that uh, both of you know more about like movie history. But maybe <laughs> was if this was like the fantastical, unrealistic period where all these like like we talked about high premise kind of things were coming out. Does that mean that probably the indie scene was more closer to reality? to kind of balance the thing out, right? This was not representative of most people's experiences at the time. Uh, maybe there were indie filmmakers who were like, I wanna, I wanna show you, you know, what's going on on the streets at this point. 
or what's going on with people. And when I wonder if that's like, a... do the right thing come out. 1990. So yeah. So when I'm thinking of like indie thing, because it's interesting, it's like that's like what's happening, but it's also very like that movie's very stylized and mm-hmm. yeah, sort of fantastical in its own way. Right. Where you think of like indie movies of that era, you think of like um, early Tarantino. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Dogs. Yeah. I don't know if there was anything that was like, I mean, I think there were (laughs) this movie's like, uh, there's definitely some indies and some docs from that time. Mm -hmm. Or, um, but I don't know if that was even like where movies were. You know, it's kind of like if you go back to the 50s, yeah. Right, there's not a bunch of movies about aliens. Right, you know, movies just weren't there. That's not even the '60s. Like that didn't even start happening until like maybe '70s with Body Snatchers or something, and then Star Wars, and then so right. it just seemed like in the '90s movies were just more about pure escapism. Yeah, you know, and trying to engender this like it was almost a repeat maybe of like the '60s where it was like, what is the wholesome American story? You know, uh-huh. and then the indies, I think there just wasn't the same kind of form to get them out. Right. I just maybe that's just not what people really not trying to watch that, or they weren't trying to fund for. that. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look at like with the studio system because obviously the '70s was a big like indie uh-huh. studio battle when people were making these indie films and these like gritty movies. Yeah. But the '80s was like pure fantasy, and the yeah. '90s was like big premise even like jurassic park to the matrix it was like big premise right. you know right right and even spike spikes movies you know do the right thing was very much like this is what's going on but it wasn't like this mm-hmm. is a guy from new york it was a vision it was like brandon was saying stylized yeah i'm sure meanwhile in europe they're just like here's the grit and this is right. what we're gonna do and four people are gonna yeah, watch it which will find my next movie yeah. I'm sure somebody will be like, no, actually, you you forgot about these movies. And it'll be like, oh, you're right. For sure. I feel like I uh, drug us into some territory we're not ready for right now. Um, (laughs) Going back to what you were talking about, sort of about the the efficiency of the scripts. It was something where it's like, if I was writing this premise, if I had this idea, I feel like the note people would give me after is like, he's got to be in the White House sooner. It's like right in your script, it's happening right now in 28. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I can't see how can it happen earlier? If, if we read this script, it's got to be like page 12. He's in the Oval Office. They're, they're so an, efficient yeah. at getting to the premise of the movie. They don't, mm-hmm. they waste very little time. They show him really quickly in the temp office, really quickly, like doing the, the show at the car dealership where he's impersonating the president. Mm-hmm. And then Ving Rhames is in an apartment being like, I got a job for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. immediately immediately <laughs> yeah it's so fast he goes but the president yeah the president goes find me someone that looks like me and then all of a sudden being rames yeah, is at a car dealership yeah where this guy is and I, I didn't have a problem with it for those that haven't seen it so the president is having an affair with a character played by laura lenny and he passes out mid coitus has a stroke he has a stroke during sex <laughs> Which, she's like detail, what they're in a fancy hotel on the floor they're on the like floor left the bed. fancy hotel they're so hot for each other they're doing it on the floor mm-hmm. but are yeah. covered with like a blanket <laughs> both fully clothed so they just really got into it <laughs> yeah. and, he uh, and he has a stroke he has a stroke this person yeah that's uh, right 
And then from then, they because, okay, so the reason why it happens is the chief of staff is trying to force the vice president to resign. He has him in uh, the scandal, some financial scandal. And he's like, like- The vice president is like a good person. He's like the a chief good of staff dude. is trying to avoid him getting power. So going back to the whole, like anybody can be president thing, at the end of the movie, when he's talking to the vice president, played by- uh, uh, ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley. of all people. He's like, how did you get your start? And Ben Kingsley is like, I was a shoe salesman. And my wife was like, you should run for office. And he became like the mayor of some small town or something. Mm-hmm. And that led to the vice presidency. What? Right, exactly. <laughs> how many politicians can you trace it back? And it's anything other than um, I was a lawyer. I was the governor. I, was, yeah. I do feel like modern Republicans uh, got the wrong message from this. <laughs> certain uh specific ones we could talk about later are just like yeah i was a high school dropout no i'm in your congress and uh i'm gonna tell you how it should be it's like well chill, chill, mm-hmm. yeah chill, and chill. just the general thing and, and maybe it's an american thing but it's but it's that you the main thing you want from your president is being likable yeah like right being like me them. being a yeah, down like home. george w bush thing yeah 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 He's yeah, a yeah, fun yeah. Guy. He's yeah. like me. It's like, no, when they become president, they're not like you no more. <laughs> and, for Dro- and for George W. Bush, he was never like you. He was never. His daddy was the president, fam. He was never. He lived in your life. <laughs> he was never living your life. <laughs> he has no idea what it's like to pay rent. No. Full stop. Donald Trump doesn't know what it's like to pay rent. Full stop, fam. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, but he was a good man, which is also something that's kind of returning to media now with like Ted Lasso and This Is Us. Just your main character being just a good guy. Right. Like everybody can't be a, uh, the anti-hero or Walter White and uh, Tony Sopranos and these guys dominated for so long. Right. But it started with, you know, even going back to like It's a Wonderful Life and uh, some, of, some of the real old movies coming into the 80s and 90s, it was like, well, Michael J. Fox was just a, he was pretty, he was a pretty good kid, you know, Back to the Future. And some of these other movies, they were like, they're good guys. Dave right. is a good guy. And the vice president is a good dude, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it definitely a movie reminded me of, of speaking of It's a Wonderful Life, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, uh, another <laughs> right. Frank Capra movie, uh, with very similar themes of this boy, uh, I think he's actually a Boy Scout leader is somehow through a <laughs> sequence of events made a senator or a congressperson and he's the one good person who's trying to stop corruption and it's another very simple look at, at how things work and, and and who can get things done mm-hmm. now the black version the black political movies of the early 90s that talks about that let me see when it came out gentlemen? distinguished gentleman eddie murphy 1992 the year before oh, wow. what perfect timing yeah, starring Eddie Murphy, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who's on Abbott Elementary now. Great show. Great and show. Charles S. Dutton was in it. I mean, these movies had great cast back in the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's like the version of I'm going to game my way into politics because he thought it would just be an easy ride and an easy hustle. Right. Mm-hmm. And ended up being like, politics is fucked up. And he ended up doing some good. Yeah. Also a, a great movie. If this were another podcast, we would watch. I encourage anybody listening to watch Distinguished Gentlemen along with dave it should be a back-to-back viewing thing and then if you want to do a triple feature it's 2003 but head of state 
with Chris Rock. Throw that in there. (laughs) Throw it in there. Look, head of state, though, is so sketchy in a sense of it's like it's more like a bunch of sketches. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Than than like a full (laughs) movie. So you got to just be prepared to like you're kind of watching an SNL where every sketch is like has the same premise. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. it's a good it was a little it's a little tougher to get into but it's chris rock prime chris, chris rock. rock so and it's president so and he's a president some good yeah. laughs you gotta love it it's when you could just make that kind of a premise uh shoe salesman president sounds good let's do it we got the sets great thing about great thing about this movie is the cast this is one of the fantastic things we see Ving Rhames early, and he's a Secret Service guy. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that Ving Rhames didn't play MLK at this time in his life. There were a couple of times where he turned to the camera, and he doesn't have the same eyes as MLK, not the right. same face, but he looked like him. And Ving Rhames is a really powerful man and speaker. Yeah. And it's a shame he didn't at least do a TV movie as MLK in the early 90s. And this was Ving Rhames with hair, which I had so much hair. <laughs> yeah. I've he never had a flat seen top. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you're right. He really did look like MLK with the suit and everything. With the yeah. Yeah. That, he could he could do it now, and besides the fact that you know MLK didn't live as old as Ving is now, and Ving's is so like distinct and yeah, he's just so distinct. I mean, it's Ring Rings. This guy is. I mean, that'd be an interesting movie. The like uh, MLK wasn't assassinated. Yeah, like M- MLK as, mm. as an eighty-year-old man and played by yeah. played by Ving Rhames. Oh man, you know what? I like that. Big premise. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch the it 90s. in a heartbeat. Yeah, feels the nineties. Green light that, and it is the- <laughs> for sure. And the end, he uh, became president. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, yeah. <laughs> um, I would watch. Uh, oh, and then the vice president, the president's wife. Sorry, was played by Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. who is who had just come off of, I mean, she must have had an incredible run at this point in time, right? Yeah, this was peak Sigourney. Yeah. Because this was like... Aliens. Aliens, right. Yeah. I can't believe, I, I was really shocked to see her in this movie with the part that she had. I for sure thought, oh man, she must have so much clout at the time that she could have given herself a bigger part or a... But who knows? Who knows what the deal was? Maybe it was like, yeah, yeah. shooting Toronto for two weeks. I think this was some kind of like, you know, the director is the same guy that did Ghostbusters, which she had done, mm-hmm. was real successful. But yeah, it, well, the first Alien was 79. I guess I didn't realize that fully. Wow. But Ghostbusters and Aliens was 84 and 86. Ghostbusters 2 was 89. Aliens 3 was 92. And then Dave. And there's other movies in between here, which I'm sure she was just killing. Working Girl. Oh, yeah. With Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver, Alec Baldwin and Melanie Griffin, Griffith, <laughs> John Cusack, like Working Girl was a, was a major hit at the time. Uh, Gorillas in the Mist, where she was, um, oh, yeah. She was, uh, uh, Diane Fossey, a true story about Fossey's study of gorillas, gorillas and her efforts to stop the decimation of it, the endangered apes, which was a huge, huge topic. In the 80s and 90s, everybody was saving gorillas. Gorillas and whales. Gorillas mm. and whales mm-hmm. and the ozone layer and the little pop rings that you had to cut before you threw them away so the birds didn't choke on them. These were all huge deals yeah, simpler, at this time. Simpler times. Simpler times. 
She has a great movie with Michael Caine called Half Moon Street. Like this was all within like a five year period where she was just like, get out of my way. Killing <laughs> Sigourney it. is here. Yeah. And yeah. very good in this, I thought. Yeah. She was you great know. in this. She was so, uh, she's so watchable. It's like, oh man. The, uh, she's good in the scene at the homeless shelter, like just the scenes where she's watching him. Yeah. Being mm-hmm. like, What's going on with this guy? And, and, and it's sort of touched our nice. It's all, she's not even saying anything, but, but, but very expressive. She's so great, and she does call to mind Michelle Obama to me because mm. she is t- tall. Oh, she's really tall, yeah. She's tall. She's taller than Kevin Klein, and she just is, like, so stately and composed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She has a strength, yeah. The uh, chief of staff was played by Frank Langella oh, Jr., yeah. who I have seen him before. But I really paid attention to him in Frost Nixon, where he played Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Doesn't look like Richard Nixon, but conveyed Richard Nixon, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a great, great movie. And he's had, an, I mean, just an incredible career. This guy's been around forever. Yeah. If you don't know him by name, you know him by sight, I guarantee. He wrote, he wrote a memoir, which I didn't read, but I remember reading about. And, and he, in the memoir, he talks about everybody he slept with in Hollywood. And he slept, what? With, oh. he slept with like the most famous men and women, like oh. going back in a, like a period where he sort of says is like I was like the hot ticket in Hollywood in the fifties where everybody was sleeping with Frank Langella. Got to get some of that Frank D. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Frank was he, just killing it. Was whoa, I would never have guessed that. He just had that certain genesis. Uh huh. I love I love older. Uh, Older actors like him who were just like, call yeah. him up. <laughs> <laughs> you might still be able to get him. <laughs> yeah, there's still time, road. Frank. Yeah, Frank. One more, man. one more for the road. What yeah. a freaking life, then. I mean, golly, shake this man's hand. The uh, his partner in crime, communications director, was Alan Reed, who is also very recognizable. No, yeah, Kevin, Kevin Dunn, Dunn as Alan Reed. Sorry. Kevin Dunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super recognizable. And it's interesting because he plays the same role over and over again yeah, as like a Veep. White House aide. Yeah. He's in Veep. Yes, in Veep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He plays someone who's indecisive and overwhelmed really well. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. In this one, it's interesting because in Veep, he's more the weathered sort of advisor who's very right. cynical. And this one, there's a little bit more sort of hope and and yeah. like, it seems like there's glimpses of him believing in something. Oh, I like I like this forming theory that's about to happen. He's the same character from Dave that he is in Veep. He's the never Dave. around. I he's feel like Jella, yes. if we're going into theories, I feel like he's going to find a way to to get uh, Kevin Dunn as part of like whatever he he's been um, like brought the charges brought up on him. Like Kevin Dunn was definitely a part of it. Yeah, oh. he was going to bring him down by the end. For sure, for sure. The absolutely amazing scene when Frank Langella is like, okay, so the president set up the scene. The president, Kevin Klein, is going to make a speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frank Langella has to, just yeah. like, yeah, he's just leaked to the media about this financial scandal. It implicates the president, it implicates the vice president. He's going down. President calls a session or there is a session. He's going to go speak and Frank has a party. He has a party. Because he's like, the president is going to implicate himself. There's no way out of this. 
I painted him into a corner and and he wants to run for president. So he literally has a viewing party. They're watching the speech and Kevin Klein is like, yeah, I'm guilty, but the vice president isn't. It flips everything for Frank. When they cut back to him, they cut to him one time watching it and his face is changing as the speech is being made. He's like, oh crap. And everybody's like, oh my God. When they cut back to him, everybody at the party is gone. <laughs> they don't show anybody leaving. They just show him at that place by himself. It is so simple and effective. Yep, simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, yeah, your ship has sailed, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to hear who you cast uh, uh, in his part. Oh, the casting of, yeah. of this one was was really was really fun. Uh, we did Ving Rings. Ben Kingsley is the vice president. Um, then there's also a great like <laughs> Laura Lenny is the assistant is the you can't say Monica Lewinsky figure because this was before yeah Lewinsky yeah. also I really shouldn't even have said her name I don't want to disrespect I don't I don't want to talk about Monica Lewinsky she's been through enough yeah Bonnie yeah. Hunt is in this yeah if you're listening Monica sorry Anna Devere Smith yeah. Charles Grodin mm-hmm. these are all people that you might not know the names but if you look up this movie and you click on their names, you'll be like, I know. And then they had cameos from a bunch of actual politicians of the time. Whenever they cut to like another politician or a news person, media personality, yeah, it was a real person. And like Jay Leno was doing it. And that's something that you don't get in movies as much today. The Tonight Show mockery. Now I guess it's like, they're talking about you on Twitter. They're talking about you on Facebook. But back then it was Jay Leno or David Letterman. Yeah, there's a... That was the You're only way you got you. made fun of. That was how you got made fun of back then. That's a great point. Yeah. You're right. They they wouldn't have someone now. They Maybe. rarely do like, oh, Jimmy Fallon made fun of you. Like that stuff doesn't carry the same weight. No, it doesn't. And when you see it in movies, you go, eh, whatever. You it, like so? It's an attempt to try to be like, oh, there's one source where people are all going to, and it's easy to see. Yeah. And if they're making fun of you there. All of America knows you're being made fun of. Yep. Yep. Which was also a version of white America. Right. These late night shows did not cater to like a black audience. Mm-hmm. And then Arsenio did like three or four years mm-hmm. and tried to have a late night show for, for black people, which I think was generally a, a success, or at least in our minds. I don't know what the actual ratings were, but yeah, same. just that idea is like yeah, everybody's watching late night. Like a big... Whether or not, I don't know what the ratings were, but it was like something you knew about. It was like a, yeah. like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bill Clinton won the presidency playing the saxophone on uh, right. Arsenio. So. <laughs> Maybe he was already the president and he just won hearts and minds. I think it was before. I think it was, yeah, I think it was before yeah. too. Yeah, I thought so too. So I was like, oh, he's cool. He's got sunglasses on playing the sax. I think the one thing I thought I had when he was giving his big speech at the end about how people should be and how politics should be. And maybe this is on YouTube. I actually didn't look. I didn't think about looking until now, but somebody should collect all the political speeches from movies mm-hmm. and just put them together. Just put them mm-hmm. together in a clip, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you're like running for office, you should just make a 10 minute speech clip. What kind of president are you going to be? Like all these movie presidents and movie yeah. politicians. There's for sure yeah. a BuzzFeed quiz about that where you're like, who, who are you? And I, I love that about this movie where I'm watching it in the beginning and going, okay, this is going to lead to a big climactic speech. And then 
it happened twice. There were two climactic speeches. And I felt like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I like, I like what watching the two? So there's the one where he's admitting fault and he collapses at mm -hmm. the end. What's the other one? And then there was the one before that where he was, um, I, th I think it was, maybe I considered the, the budget thing a climactic speech, but mm -hmm. I have to remember exactly what it was. He did one speech before it and I thought, okay, this, we can end on this, but no, no, no. Let's go to Congress and let him end there. This movie also did real creatively was instead of getting bigger, it would get smaller. Like when things are kind of going kind of smoothly and she's like, figures it out. Sigourney Weaver's character mm -hmm. figures it out. Mm -hmm. And then they pretty much just go on a little date in the city in yep. his old beat up car. They sneak out, you know, and they just go around. So the movie gets smaller. And then when he talks to the vice president, it's like a really small scene. It's like an intimate scene. And they're just mm -hmm. like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I'll figure it out. So using like the emotional moments to keep you interested instead of going bigger and like zanier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is also maybe an obvious thing, but something I thought of it, it's like, it's smart that they have the, the um, first lady and the president fighting and having separate bedrooms. Cause otherwise it would be this really complicated thing of like, yeah was he gonna sleep with this woman that thinks that he's her husband right the whole time you'd be like oh that's horrible Bro. yeah they so, do such a great job of like i think this movie does show the social and political mores of the time they they don't they barely touch while she's married to the president while right. he's alive even in a coma she doesn't touch this other guy he never touches her and some of it is like just his respect for the office, I think is part of it in the movie, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the vice president. I, you know, I gotta show respect and she's somebody important and I know who I am, which is not, even though I'm playing this, but it's clearly a romance building, mm -hmm. especially when he starts to do good things and she realizes like, that's not my husband. Yeah. But they don't touch. So the movie ends, he gives his big speech on Congress, then he fakes a coma. So they have to take the president to the hospital in an ambulance. When they get to the hospital, they take him out of the ambulance off the, on the stretcher, but he pulled the old Ocean's Eleven switcheroo. Mm -hmm. The real president was in the ambulance the whole time, mm -hmm. and he changed into an EMT outfit and gets out of the passenger seat. Mm -hmm. Then we cut a few months later, the president finally passes. He was in a coma the whole time. He passes. The good guy vice president becomes a president, and later Sigourney Weaver visits the temp agency office Kevin Klein runs yep. and they're like, now we're, now we can do whatever. It's okay we're, for us to not kiss Not only is now. he running it, but he's now running for local office. He's and been, he's running that's for right. local office. He's been inspired. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be the guy that looked like the guy yeah. <laughs> now running for political office. That's so true. And you're right. And they just, when they do kiss, they do the classic. All right. We're shutting the shades. Yeah, Am shut I the shades. That they, they slept with each other before that. I thought like after she finds out he's not her ex-husband, there is like a scene where they do go back to the same bedroom. Did I imagine that? Wow, I do, I do not remember that. I remember she was in her bed and she was like, she either put the pillow over her face or she was like regretting something. So maybe, maybe. I think they are in a bedroom, but they don't engage in any tomfoolery. I thought there was like some some implying that they had maybe maybe i just wanted that so yeah so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah get it get it man come on man this is your chance <laughs> uh 
Um, uh, let's look into. Uh, let's go to the next. Can let's, we cast let's... it? Are we there yet? I'm excited for that. Well, one. let's let's do a real quick like. Yeah, let's do the casting. Let's do the cast. All right. I'll ask another question at the end. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll start with the main guy, of course, Dave. Was there ever a point? Sidebar. Was there ever a point where he says his name in like a "This is why the movie's called Dave" kind of way? Or someone said it, and no. I don't think so. I think it's just the implication that it's like a regular guy name, right? Yeah, right. Just regular guy. So for Kevin Klein, I would love to see Jamie Fox play Kevin Klein's character. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, I think he's funny. Nice. I think he could he can act the dramatic parts. It'd be fun to watch that. Yeah, because you are sort of casting both Dave and Bill Mitchell. So mm-hmm. it's like, who can be that uptight asshole, and who can be this like loose fun guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He could definitely do that. What about you? I maybe it's inspired by distinguished gentlemen, but I I've got Eddie Murphy. Ooh, that's good. Ooh, <laughs> oh, that'd been good. I went with uh, my old favorite, Sterling K. Brown. If we were doing it today. Oh yeah. Like he's probably about the same age Kevin Klein was. He has the stature, yeah, but he can also be real longer. goofy. I think so. He could pull off the uh, impersonator part. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had Jamie as the chief of staff, the Frank Langelic character. Jamie. Jamie Fox. Oh, Jamie Fox. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, he could. He could. Interesting. I think that's because, or maybe because I did think about Jamie as the lead too, but then I was like, maybe he might be more fun as as this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had I had Samuel Jackson as as the chief of staff. Ooh, as the sort of plot. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Be, that would be dope, bro. That'd be so dope. He'd be really funny being pissed when, when he's going off book. Yeah. That's like a fun scene when Franklin Jelly tries to interrupt in the middle of the meeting. It's like, wait, and, and he sort of realizes, oh, I can't say anything because everyone thinks you're the president. Right. He just backs up. He has to mm-hmm. back down. Mm-hmm. That would be the worst scandal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, would be, that would be Yeah. straight jail time <laughs> yeah. immediately. Oh, for sure. The, for, for chief of staff, this is like maybe left field, but I was inspired by Baby Boy. And so I picked Snoop Dogg to play the Frank Langella character. Oh, wow. And if you've seen, <laughs> okay. if you've seen some of the dramatic movies he's been in or the scary movies, he could so do it. He could so do it. Um, I mean, that would be very interesting. For sure it would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so for first lady for Sigourney Weavers, I've got Regina King. Oh, who? Nice. Yeah. Come on, who you got? I got Taraji P. Henson. I picked, keeping with the presidential theme, from Hamilton, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Oh, yeah. She was Eliza in in Hamilton, the one you can watch on Disney Plus. Also tall. The first cast. She's tall. Yep, she is tall. She has a very, she could really be like, Excuse me, you know, maybe she gives off Michelle Obama vibes to me. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. I, and I mentioned that before. I also wanted to kind of spread it out a little bit. So we're not naming the same yeah. 10 actors every pod, you know. She could play a great Michelle Obama. Yeah, who's well, somebody needs to key that up. I know, truly. What about for our da, da, da. Kevin Dunn, the communications director? Yeah, the communications director. Right, this one I'm, I'm proud of. Okay. Uh, I've got Wendell Pierce from Ooh, The Wire. No, yeah. What? He's just amazing. He could be Frank. He could have been the yeah, main villain anybody, too. But I just picture him. Yeah, I think he'd be like a fun. He'd be fun. Oh, he'd be great. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have two choices for this. Okay. First one I went with was I put paper boy, <laughs> which is really disrespectful. I did not mean to forget my boy, the homie's name when I was writing this. Brian Tyree. But his, yeah. Brian Tyree. Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Henry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Brian Tyree Henry. I like that overall you went younger. You cast younger, which I think is, is cool. I tried to cast cool. for the age that they were when they mm-hmm. made the movie more. Yeah. Yep. Brian Tyree Henry. If he ever, if anybody that knows him hears this, I apologize for forgetting and messing up the name. Yeah. The, I, my, oh, wait, wait, my second choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have two. Go for it. Lesser known, but he's on, he's playing a role on Billions right now. And he played Aaron Burr in this, I think, the second run of Hamilton once the main cast was gone. Daniel Breaker. Hmm. Gotta look that one up. Breaker, yeah. If you look him up, he's a really interesting actor. I think he's mostly been on stage. It's a good sign. But he's had a few TV roles for sure. And uh, he's really, he really has like a political like look about him. A very oh, like, yeah, proper. For sure. Yeah. I can see that now. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For for me, the communications director or the uh, whatever, the Kevin mm-hmm. character, Kevin. Uh, I'm coming back to west wing so i'm going dulay hill dulay yeah. hill yes yeah yes i'm like that's nice. he, i just got to see him in the white house again he's i rock with yeah. that heavy that's great did you guys have any other castings what about you i was wondering is ving rames play play ving rames do we keep him or do we switch it where it's like he's the one white yeah character? yeah do you have a white actor to play the ving rames role uh, I I didn't prepare one, but I I can give it a quick yeah yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, just off the top, John Gabris. <laughs> if you know Gabris, I'm gonna go off the top. He'd be hilarious. Oh, John Cena. Oh, John Cena. Dang. I okay. I'm gonna go off the top and go uh, the guy from The Shield. Oh yeah, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he seems like a it's gonna be an old secret service. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I had I, I I had at least one more casting. Uh, the Did vice president. Kingsley? Yeah. Oh, Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. I picked uh, Donald Glover. Oh, interesting. I felt like something in his stature reminded me of Glover. The way he was standing, just yeah, so, you know, kind of skinny, <laughs> yeah. skinny dudes. Yeah, I was like, I want to see. He's he's about to bust out the This Is America dance. You know, I thought Kingsley was gonna groove, so I put Glover there. I put Don Ooh. Cheadle. Ooh. The legend, the goat. All mine, I did skew a little older. Like everyone I cast would definitely be older than the white actors in the in the original. Which is yeah. also interesting because I think people, politics is older now, I think, than it was in the 90s. Def- it feels Maybe like it. not, but it feels, it feels like, like it. it. Or at least sure. like the lead, you know. With the people that are running, yeah, at the national level. Yeah. And like how sure. you would have, how you cover it now or like how you cast it feels older. And in the 90s, it felt like you could cast it young. Even West Wing felt younger mm-hmm. than yeah. Congress feels today. Oh, for sure. It's a, it's a big deal of like AOC being young. That's yeah. right. Uh, for for the vice president, I would go with your boy, David Oyelowo. Oyelowo? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oyelowo. He seems very upright and moral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very moral. Yeah. British, though. Is that really how you want to take it? <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben Kingsley might be British too. He's definitely British. Ben is British. Yeah, Yeah, Ben is definitely British. So actually, that's perfect casting. Yeah, let me step back. I was wrong. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess the final question is 
who is this movie for? And this one seems a little more maybe straightforward. For what whites is the question? What you got? So like middle America, everyday family whites. Yeah. 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 Family, it's like a very broad reach. I think they want anybody to watch this movie. I think mm-hmm. it is aimed. I think there was more of an idea of a monoculture for white people in the 90s. Yeah, for sure. That was only slowly, that was still in existence. And it had these pits with like the hippies in the mm-hmm. 70s, yuppies in the 80s and 90s started having like emo and grunge kind of classifications and goth. Not that these things didn't exist, but they were becoming more known and spreading. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. was still an idea, I think, in 93 where it was like just come to disney world <laughs> it don't right. matter who you are everybody yeah right everybody yeah. come to disney world it's not going to be that many blacks here because they can't <laughs> travel and vacay like that this is white america and come on and yeah, everybody mm-hmm. dave is, is you know watch dave watch dave. yeah just, watch dave yeah i agree i agree 100 and restore some credibility to the to the white house you know <laughs> yeah let's keep the white house nice and moral uh, I agree that this is like the same audience, but I'm just going to add the clarification of like sunken living room whites, where living room. you know where is this you a get have out like, reference? No, no, no. It's like a, <laughs> no, not the sunken place, but that's funny. It's a, it's a you you know those places, those houses that had sunken living rooms, like you'd have to go down a step to go into the living area. Yeah, like the couch would be oh, on a okay. steps or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. This it feels very suburban. Like this is like. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a big right. TV with a big back on it, and very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the this same people they were selling to the cinephile whites we went, we were talking about last week. Yeah, not the same ones. Yeah, not not really. Cinephile whites might, yeah, might look this off like mm-hmm. corny, premise. silly yeah. movie, corny. Yeah, yeah. There's no truth. There's no truth in it. It's not teaching me about the human experience. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. It is like a fun film you could watch with, with your family, and it wouldn't be awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I was. My wife was like half watching it while I was watching it. At some point, she like turned to me and she's like, "You're you're laughing a lot at this movie." Like, yeah. yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like your description. It's light. It's like nice. It's, yeah, the music just brings you back to that time period where you're like, you know. Dum, da, da, dum, dum, dum. Yeah, Kevin Klein does light well. Like for sure, when Ving Rhames shows up to to try to recruit him, or just force him into it, whatever it was, um, he's like singing around his house. He like pops open a beer. Mm-hmm. He's sort of dancing. It's like a he's like a guy who seems unburdened by life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Which is a privilege in its own in its own way, mm-hmm. you know. Truly, he's okay. He's not the same guy as the guy from uh, Princess diaries or princess bride right what correct that is not the same guy carrie mckee okay yeah I'm, I'm, we're totally different i'm really bad at kevin klein's like fish called wanda did you ever see that oh, one yeah fish called wanda mm-hmm. yeah 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 um french kiss tim meg ryan <laughs> it's very random that these are the first movies i've thought of but yeah oh, that's great. great actor he's in the movie version of midsummer night's dream oh okay has he been does he is he around? Does he do stuff still? And what's the latest thing Kevin Klein has done as we wrap this up here? Yeah. Wild Wild West, he was in also. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely remember that. He was in um, 
Bob's Burgers. He's a voice in Bob's Burgers. Oh, no what? The Good House. So nothing that's like that I necessarily have seen in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of credits here. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's probably okay. He was in Beauty and the Beast. So was that the Disney live action? Yeah, he did the live action Beauty and the Beast. That was oh, wow. a big, huge movie. So he's still working. He's, how old is he now? He was born in 47. Oh my God, this man is still kicking. 74 years old. Ooh. Still working. Shout out to Kevin Klein. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, it's interesting. A it does dude. feel like uh, his last big, big movie was Wild Wild West and everything else. And that was 99. Everything else really that I, I think of as a Kevin Klein movie, all mm-hmm. 90s. So in and out Do you ever see in and out in and out mm-hmm. No. It's one where he's like a small town. Oh, yeah. Yes. And his student. Like, That's the Academy Awards. Speech, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, wow. That was based on a real story. Oh, really? Some actor, I can't remember who it was. It was somebody big, like Tom Hanks or somebody, said something like that in, uh, 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 on an Oscar speech. Oh, that's and then this movie came out like a couple years later. Like Philadelphia or something. Yeah. And then this movie came out like a couple years later. In Greenleaf, Indiana. Ke- Kevin Klein seems like an Indiana. I'm from Indiana, so it seems like he would do movies for people from Indiana. But I think Wild Wild West was like, uh, I think it hurt a lot of careers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think it took even Will Smith a couple couple years to bounce back from that one. But I think his next movie was like Ali, so it was like, you know. Oh, yeah. Going to different. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, that was great, man. I really enjoyed watching these old 90s movies. Me too. Yeah. I like this movie a lot more than I, I think I'd seen it maybe when I was a kid. And didn't remember it that well, but I definitely liked it more than I expected to rewatching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I felt good leaving this movie. I've never seen it before. I watched it now, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is something. If it were on TV, I'd keep on and just yeah, yeah, it feel good. Be something you watch every couple of days for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every President's Day for sure. I mean, certainly. <laughs> Barack Obama did make it seem like he watches it multiple times. Every time, every time he feels depressed, he said he he turns on Dave. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. That's so sweet. It's got his sign of approval. It's a good sign. Mm-hmm.